Well, we are about to start a passage that many Christians run shy of. They're nervous of it. They find it discomforting. They wonder what it means. And it's all about good news. But because it's been so misunderstood, we simply can't face it. And yet it's one of the most reassuring passages in Scripture. Well, we will look at that. Colin Cook here, and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to The Good News of the Gospel, described in the book of Romans by Paul. We explore this book every year or year and a half or so, and in the process, we learn the heart of God. We learn what God has done through His Son to make sure that the human race will be redeemed. And in that process, we also learn to believe, to trust. This program really teaches you how to believe. It trains your faith. Don't come here simply for inspiration. By all means, you're welcome to do that. But do more. Come here to train your faith so that you too, in the quiet moments and in the frightening moments of the night, can believe and know how to trust so that your faith breaks through the doubts that you feel. You can hear this program every Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. And you can hear it any time of the day or night on your smartphone or other remote device. You can simply um, download soundcloud.com slash faithquest, or rather download SoundCloud and key in uh, how it happens with Colin Cook, if you like, or go directly by soundcloud.com slash faithquest, or go to Podbean, uh, faithquest.podbean.com. Now, here's this passage that so many Christians just can't face. They sort of slide over it and just let it go because they don't really understand it or they're frightened of it. And it's this, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. So this is a passage talking about foreknowing and uh, and predestining. Uh, the word election isn't in here, but it's sort of included in thought. And uh, that's scary to some people because they fear, well, is God predestining some and sending the rest to a predestined hell? Uh, is he um, simply choosing some and rejecting others? And what happens if I'm not chosen? And on and on the fears go and simply repeat and turn over in our minds in the worst moments of time. But this passage is good news. First of all, let me explain a little bit. Well, it's good news if I can convince you of the meaning of it. I may not be able to. The fact is that you and I have been besotted with Christian history for over 2,000 years, and it's all accumulated into the preachings of modern churches, of many churches, that simply seem to tell us that some will be saved and most will be lost. 
Some will be saved, they say, and most will be lost. And it's hard to believe that this is good news when just a remnant will be saved. And we understand this as well. We tend to think this way as well because Paul, as well as all the apostles, as well as Jesus himself, talks very personally about salvation. He talks on a a personal, individual basis. And when he does that, and when he does his healings of individuals and not masses of people, one begins to think, well, he's just going after individuals, but not the whole creation. But that is not the case. What we need to learn to embrace is that God can talk individually and can talk corporately, that is, of the whole world, at the same time. That God, um, God's message of salvation is very personal, very intimate. It is one-on-one, but it is ultimately one-on-one for everyone. Now, sometimes we uh, neutralize or diminish the impact of this uh, passage here that I'm talking about, not only by individualizing it in the sense that, well, since it's so individualized, therefore it cannot be for everybody. We not only diminish it that way, but we also look at this word for no, and we say, well, that means God looks into the future and sees who will accept him, and whoever accepts him, he works for their salvation. So we turn the passage upside down, and uh, on top of its head, and make for knowledge something that is initiated by us. God simply looks into the future, sees who accepts him, and says, okay, I will um, work for their salvation because I know they will accept me. Well, this is not the meaning of the word at all. This is not how Paul uses it. Paul uses this passage in a way that wraps it all up with predestination and election and his ability to reach into the future and rescue human beings. Look at how it's used, for example, in in Romans chapter 11. I say then, has God cast away his people? That's Paul's rhetorical question. And in verse 2, the second verse of chapter 11, he answers the question, God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Well, now, if foreknowing simply means a simple ability to look into the future, that wouldn't be very reassuring uh, in regard to whether God has cast away his people, would it? Because if it's just knowing the future, well, What assurance do we have that all Israel um, would be accepted and saved? But he says, God has not cast away his people because he foreknew them. And that, of course, means that God has some very, very specific action in foreknowing. And would you like to know more specifically what and how that action works? Well, in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, He indeed, referring to Jesus Christ, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. 
but was manifested in these last days, last times for you. Let's read verse 19. But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he was in, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Now that word foreordained there is the same Greek word as foreknew. And so it says, he indeed was foreknown before the foundation of the world. And that therefore means that God, God's foreknowledge was more than simply knowing that Jesus would be faithful to him, but God's foreknowledge was that he planned and prepared his son to be the savior of the world. And in the same way, when God foreknows us, he plans and prepares our salvation. But you say, yes, but what about the rest? Are we just the ones to be saved and the rest will be damned? And how do we know who will be saved and who will be lost? Well, we are going to explore all of this in the future chapters of Romans. But let me say this right off the bat. When Paul speaks about election in these chapters, chapter 8 and then 9, 10, and 11, he's referring to not simply a few, but everybody. Certain Israelites, ancient Israelites, were elected, it says in Romans 9, verses 9 through 12. And then many Gentiles and Jews in Paul's day were elected, it says that in Romans 9, verses 23 and 24. And then there was a representational remnant of Israel that was elected, representing the rest. That's in Romans eleven five, And then the whole house of Israel is elected. That's Romans eleven twenty eight, And then the whole world is elected because... God has imprisoned all under sin that he may have mercy on all. And when he has mercy on everyone, that's because he's elected them. And so what we have in the future verses that we will come to in chapters 9 through 11, as well as this verse here, is that God has predestined in the planning with his Son and the Holy Spirit that the world shall be redeemed. He has planned it. He has foreordained it. He has determined it. This is the good news of the gospel. And so, when you look at the verse in verse 29 of chapter 8 of Romans, for whom he foreknew, well, don't look at that as a minimizing uh, phrase, as if he only foreknew some. The ones he foreknew, he predestined. That is, he knew in his heart and mind, before ever the creation was formed, way back in the annals of eternity, that he would redeem the world. And his Son and the Holy Spirit and the Father were all in this plan together. And for knowing, therefore, is God's maneuvering and manipulating the situations in evil, in the world of evil, and inter 
acting with them and interceding with his grace so that he can bring each one to salvation. When it says predestined, it simply means destined beforehand. Don't look at this as a magical word. Predestination is God's plan to destine the world for salvation before it was even saved, before it was even created. Now, this doesn't mean that God manipulates the mind in such a way that we are all like zombies and we don't have a choice in the matter. No, what it does mean is that God is able to maneuver around and through circumstances of life to bring us to the place of confronting him. That is what the gospel is all about. God breaks into the world and confronts us with his grace. You say, Colin, yes, but it hasn't been done, has it, for the most part? Only a few in the world have known Jesus so far. That's true. But you see, there is judgment to come. And many people dismiss the possibility of the salvation of all because they think it must all take place before we die. Yes, Colin, but it says it is appointed to man once to die and then the judgment. Yes, it does. But what do you think the judgment is about? Paul makes it clear in chapter 14 that in the judgment every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is their righteousness. What about that? That's good news, judgment, isn't it? Well, we'll explore more of this exciting theme next time. If you'd like to help with donations to keep the broadcast going, please send your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks, then. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.